Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, October 11th. Uh, I am Liz Dolan. I am here with three of my sisters. Monica is at the Bend Film Festival, so she's been sitting in the dark all weekend having a wonderful time. And I'm a little bit jealous because it's so dang hot here in Southern California. <laughs> An air-conditioned movie theater seems like the place to be. Uh, Lee and Dolan, you're in Pasadena, California. Uh, I am, Liz. Seeking refuge from the heat. I can't. I can't even talk about it anymore. It's just. It's unrelenting, and it's, just, oh. it's bad. It's, isn't it bad, Sheila? It's just bad. It's well, impressive. yeah. I was just thinking how brilliant Eileen Fisher is because she predicted global warming. I think um, with her separates, I've been wearing pretty much tissue thin cotton separates. I have five of them. They're in constant rotation. I wear them to bed. I wear them out. I wear them in the house. That's it. That's all you can wear. Okay. I'm I'm done. Well, I'm glad you've upgraded from just wrapping a sheet around yourself because <laughs> I know. the last I time we that's... discussed this, that's what you, that was your entire like beat the heat wardrobe. Nope, I pulled out the separates list. All right, and Julie Dolan, you're in Dallas, Texas. I know you don't want to hear the Californians talk about the heat. I know. No, I'm sorry, girls. I'm sorry, girls. You just really have to toughen up. It's hot out there, and just go and have some fun. That's all I say. Well, I tried to go out and have fun yesterday. It was, you know, it was 100 degrees in Santa Monica, which never happens because we are right on the Pacific Ocean. And there are a lot of pumpkin patches around now this time of year. And I drove by a pumpkin patch yesterday. In, in, you know, uh, parking lot. Yes. Because I know we have a lot of listeners like in Iowa where there are actual pumpkin patches. Oh, no. No. These are just piles of pumpkins in parking lots. Yeah. So this was a parking lot filled with hay bales. And scarecrows made of straw. And oh. honestly, Julie, the whole thing looked like it was going to just spontaneously combust. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was so hot. I just looked at it. I thought the whole thing was going to burst into flames. I worried for the children who were scrambling around looking for their pumpkins. That's that would how- be a great. Uh, that would be a great movie, though. Like some pumpkin patch that burst into fr- flames. Leanne, get writing that screenplay right now. <laughs> You're the one that doesn't even want, ooh, scary things at Halloween, you know? Oh, don't scare the little kids. Now you want a pumpkin patch to spontaneously combust? Okay. Don't forget, don't forget the scarecrow character, because I don't think that's ever been done. <laughs> Flaming scarecrow, Sheila. Flaming scarecrow. That could be totally original. Uh, anyway, we do have lots of Satellite Sisters news, because it's a giant fall for us. We have You're the Best, uh, a celebration of friendship. Gets published. Allegedly, our publication date is what, Leanne? October 27th? Yes. But but I noticed that Terry posted on the Facebook group today that she got her books from Amazon already. Yes. She's so excited. Perfect timing, she said. She ordered three copies, giving two to her best friends. So thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. That's the only way we would know what was really happening out there. So, right. Uh, <laughs> We have no control over Amazon. I can't say that enough. <laughs> right, right. But so it's not. But now's the time to order your books. I guess that's yeah. the big message. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you want to favor independent bookstores, go for it. They might not cheat the way Amazon does. They might. They might actually wait until the publication date. But I actually myself went online the other day to Powell's, my favorite bookstore in Portland, Oregon, and I ordered some books from Powell's just to like support the indies that was just my thing you know i don't know when i'll get them but you're like donald trump buying your own book (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm not sure you bought it. Would you buy like three copies? Yeah, I just needed some right away. Yes. (laughs) You know, they say those people do that, that they buy up a bunch of copies uh, to get their book on the bestseller list. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they buy them themselves. How many would you have to buy? Oh, like who does? Oh, well. Like a thousand. Do a little research. Yeah. He doesn't care. He doesn't care how much. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay, we're not modeling ourselves after Donald Trump here. Uh, but Julie, so this week's prize winners? Yes. I mean, we're, the contest is still going on. This is the You're the Best uh, contest that we're running both at our Facebook group, the Satellite Sisters, and on Instagram, where it's Sat Sisters YTB. Um, we're asking you to post pictures of your friends. Uh, and it's it's great because people have been posting pictures of their friends. And it, there's a lot of fun people out there. So this week's winner on Facebook Come on down, Julie Dixon from Dallas, Texas. Okay, these are random drawings, but she posted a picture of her fabulous friends forever. 50 women in Christmas sweaters. Woo-hoo. Oh my it God! Was, I saw that. I saw that. My first thought was that must be so hot, but that's because of where I am right now. Liz, Liz, Liz. No, they looked adorable. They adorable. looked adorable. They looked adorable. So that so Julie Dixon, go ahead and let us know what your uh, what your address is, and we will get you a copy of You're the Best, a satellite um, a celebration of friendship. On the Instagram account, this week's winner is W Newell. That's W N E W E L L. She was celebrating her 41st birthday with some girlfriends. Their libations and great smiles in this picture. So those are our two winners for this week. So it's not too late. Go ahead and post pictures of your satellite sisters. We love it when you provide a little description of why these people are your satellite sisters. Sisters, and uh, just keep the pictures coming. All right. The uh, we also just added um, this weekend uh, another book event in uh, in Central Oregon. People, you know how much we love Bend, Oregon. So the Saturday after Thanksgiving, or that's I should say the Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend, when you're just shopping, 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 right? Well, you really only need to make one stop now. Saturday afternoon, 5 p.m., Sun River Books in the beautiful Sun River Village. Um, I will be there with our niece, Fiona Dolan. And uh, Fiona is a Bend native, so um, so that's good that we'll have that covered. And she and I are just going to talk about how this book became a multi-generational project, because that's one of the things we love about You're the Best, is that we have daughters and nieces and daughters-in-law who all contributed to it. So Fiona, Fiona and I will talk a little bit about the book at Sun River Books at 5 p.m., and then we'll sign all the books you're buying for your Satellite Sisters. So that is all at SatelliteSisters.com on the events page. So all of the events, you know, starting this month um, through the end of the year are all listed there on the events page at SatelliteSisters.com. So, um, so yeah, so I was happy. I just got home on Friday night, sisters, you know, I've been on the road for the last 12 days and honestly, it felt like 12 years. I saw <laughs> some business trips just feel super long, you know, you just, you just, you don't go anywhere. Okay. Well, take my word for it. You don't want to. No, I'm only kidding. There, I mean, some trips, sorry, I did a lot of interesting things, but the freaky thing on this trip Last weekend at this time, I was at the big television 
trade show for the year is called MIPCOM. And it takes place in Cannes, France. Or as we say in America, Cannes. As in the Cannes Film Festival. But everyone in the rest of the world says Cannes. So I'm just going to say Cannes. Okay? So it, uh, so it started last weekend in Cannes. I arrived Saturday afternoon. It was raining lightly. Uh, the, it was kind of a very, you know, not a great landing at the Nice airport. You know, very bouncy, very, you know, you, you were just happy to be on the ground. And then you, it's about a half an hour drive from the Nice airport into the, the town of Cannes, which is right on uh, the Mediterranean. And then I was meeting some colleagues for dinner. And that's when it started to rain, you know, uh, hard enough that I had to fish the umbrella out of the closet in my hotel room. <laughs> and, you know, those umbrellas are always like big metal umbrellas. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking to dinner. It's raining. And then the thunder and lightning starts. And um, I'm basically a human lightning rod now okay. walking <laughs> to dinner because I'm holding this giant metal umbrella. Uh, and then the wind is picking up. So it is blowing inside out and i'm blowing it back and it's oh so you're looking good on your way to dinner now. yeah, now yeah. you've got a nice wet uh <laughs> wet look going right exactly and of course it's so uh it's so cute there that these are all walk streets so where to the part of town where we were going for dinner so it's not like you can just take a taxi there because <laughs> taxis can't get there because it's a medieval walk street. So, uh, anyway, so I... She, I, she says with disdain. <laughs> you can't even take because a your job feet are, Your feet are wet now, too, right? Oh, yeah, your feet are wet, you're, and you've been flying for many, many hours, so your feet are swollen and wet. Uh, and uh, Do you have any outerwear on, Liz? Yes, Sheila. As a matter of fact, I had a puffy jacket with me that, I, that I bought two years ago at the same trade fair because I always go with the wrong clothes. Here, <laughs> here's another thing about living in Southern California. I think you forget what weather is like in the rest of the world. Yeah. So you just underestimate when when you see on the weather app on your phone that it's, you know, 60 degrees, you forget that you might need a coat at 60. And at 50, you really, really need a coat. But for some reason, it just doesn't... So I, I go many places poorly packed Sheila so thank you for asking Mm -hmm. I I did have a black puffy jacket with me which of course looked terrible with all of my clothes but I didn't think I was going to have to wear it because I misunderstood the whole weather um anyway so then so so I meet my colleagues for dinner halfway through dinner all hell breaks loose outside like all of a sudden awnings are blowing off the restaurants uh it starts raining so hard and so fast that the restaurant itself filled with water you know, Whoa. before we know it, we had like a foot of water uh, under our table. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Julie, this was like historic. It was medieval. It was, uh, uh, and, uh, and then all the lights go out. So oh. the, uh, in that, in that whole part of town, luckily we had already ordered our food. So we still got our food. <laughs> <laughs> As long as you're wet, you're probably hungry. So, yes. Yes. Now we're just lifting our feet slightly so that our feet are not in the water that's pooling around us. Um, Did you you just eat with your hands? I mean, at that point. No, we were, they lit some candles. It was actually very nice. It was very nice. But then the, when we went to pay, this was the beauty part of the whole situation. Um, That was not possible 
because all of the lights were out, meant all of the power was out, and all of the computers were out. So now I'm in the back of the restaurant in the dark, and the guy is like scribbling a copy of my American Express card and taking down my cell phone number, and I'm taking his cell phone number, and I'm promising to come back, and he's saying, yeah, well, I'll call you to make sure you do. So now we're negotiating the fact that he's letting me walk out without even paying for dinner. Ooh. And um, But then walking home... I mean, I, I, I challenge you to Google this because I know this last weekend as this was happening in the south of France, it was also happening in South Carolina. Yes, south Carolina. Very so historic rains there. Yes. yes. So this was – anyway, so this was so bad, so quickly running because the Alps kind of come right down near the sea. So literally it's water running down out of the Alps. And it was <laughs> – I Googled it. It's gushing. See what, see what I mean? Water gushing through can car park. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Liz. Oh, yeah. there it is. I'm sorry. That, you can hear that noise. Yes. <laughs> I mean, good. we like sound effects, Liz. Rushing water. Okay, Liz. Okay. Rushing water. I can just tell you, there were a lot of very expensive shoes that were ruined that night on the, uh, you know, on the people, the fancy TV executives. I mean, I don't have any expensive shoes, but people do. And... Um, so it was, but it was at that point, it was really kind of scary because the water was rushing so fast and was so deep. You were afraid you were going to get knocked into it. And these were not like the gentle waters of the Mediterranean. This was like really gross, disgusting looking water that was coming from God knows where. Anyway, mm. you'll, you'll see. You, you'll see on the news, Liam, that like I don't even I don't mean to be joking about it. It was very serious. Twenty people died in this flood. People got wow. People got yeah. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, they got yes. trapped in their cars, like oh, in parking garages. A number of people just got trapped in a tunnel, and the tunnel filled up with water. It oh, the water came down so quickly that people could not yeah. escape. So. Um, Anyway, the, the next day, it was just beautiful, like blue sky, not a cloud in the sky. You never would have known this had happened, except that the town was all still so flooded underground that, that nothing worked all week. So all week, every time you went to do something that involved a computer, the French would just give you that kind of shrug that they do. You know, Julie. Oh, that, yes, of course. That Gallic shrug, and they would just say, le désastre. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I cannot do anything for you because of le désastre. And it's like one morning I had to meet someone for breakfast, and I went to the hotel where the breakfast reservation was allegedly made, and she's like, mm, désolé, le désastre. In other words, they, she explained that the... The computer system, because the computers were not working, they could not take any reservations, and, or they could not keep track of the reservations. And you want to say, like, you could write them down. Like, you could, you could have a book, and you could say... Well, how do you say that? Uwe le stilo. I think that's what you want to say. So, not exactly a can-do attitude. Is that what you're saying, Liz? That's what I'm saying, Leon. That's what I'm saying. That it was a week of just, like, barely getting any work done. And by the way, like, I talked to the guy at the restaurant every single day. And every day, I said to him, can you run my card through yet? And, and, And he said no. No. And he said, he said, no, le désastre. <laughs> and, and then he would say, can you bring me cash? And I would say, no, le désastre, because I kept going to ATM. You couldn't get any money out of the ATM machines either. So I would, have to, I would have told him, Liz, add four eclairs on there. Just keep, <laughs> just keep adding food. 
I mean, really, le, le, le disaster. Le, le disaster. It was just a disaster. And he was telling me, oh, in 50 years, this had never happened. Da, da, da. So I, I feel sorry for the guy. I owe him a lot of money. Uh, but, like, I figure I'll get home. I'll figure it out from here. I, I You know, I emailed him, like, two days ago. Somehow I have to figure out now how to get the money to him. But it's I'm waiting for the whole um, – the credit card system is really what I'm counting on. I think with no, with no credit cards, I really can't help you. Um, uh, so I was, Liz, I was, who knew? yeah, that sounds exhausting, Liz. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I feel terrible for the people and I then know. just to try to, cause you're trying to work over there. You're trying to accomplish some business tasks and things. I know, but I got to say people were being super cranky and I just wanted to, you know, say, do you realize like. There are people that, like, for whom having no Wi-Fi would be the least of their problems right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. It just, right. I, it did give me a certain perspective on, like, what's really important. But not everyone had that kind of perspective. You're right, Julie. There was, there was a lot of crankiness. One of our guests who was there because he's the executive producer of a big-time TV show, or when he was shown to his room at one of the zillion-dollar hotels, right, he walked in, and as he's walking across the room, it was like, squish, 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 squish. It was completely <laughs> flooded in his room. And he said, um, he said, excuse me, would it be possible for me to, like, get a room that isn't, like, completely soaked? And she looked at him and he said, monsieur, you are lucky just to have a roof over your head. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Which is another thing television executives really are not that used to hearing. So <laughs> anyway, just in case you missed the news from France, that was the news mm. from France. So I survived. Well, it sounds like home. it was an outward bound program for television executives. <laughs> and some of you survived. That's you know. right. Some of us had a sense of perspective about it and others did not, Julie. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Hey, sisters, well, you know, uh, while Liz was in France, I have been monitoring um, one of my, you know, one of my, one of my people, and that would be Vladimir Putin, because, of course, I'm sure you saw that he celebrated his 63rd birthday this week, and his celebration was he was skating with um, a team of former NHL um, hockey stars in, in a game, and unbelievably, um, Putin scored seven goals. Seven. <laughs> seven. Seven goals. Wow. I had missed that in the news. Wow. He is amazing, isn't he? And his team won. And it was reported uh, in the, what, one of the Russian news agencies said that it was an indication that his strong physique shows no sign of weakening. Mm. That was the report. <laughs> Uh, from the Sputnik uh, n- uh, news agency regarding his performance. But, Liz, you probably didn't notice this because you were dealing with your own disaster. Disaster, exactly. Yeah, disaster. Um, but Putin took over the Middle East this week while you were on your business trip. You didn't. You probably didn't realize this. Mm-hmm. I so saw the headlines. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so this week is sort of, it's you know, in uh, they're going to be writing about it in the uh, history books that this is going to be comparable to the assassination of the Archduke Ferdinand. Liz Dolan... And on her business trip, uh, Putin takes over the Middle East. So it's like a small event that like blows into this giant thing. But yes, he did take a, he did move Russian troops 
into Syria, which was uh, very surprising. And I had a couple of reactions because, you know, sisters, I lived in uh, Moscow for five years. I have been very surprised that those Russian missiles actually work. You know that, you know, that he is um, sending up surface to air missiles. Uh, They are, you know, they are bombing. Sadly, this is not so great for us. They are bombing CIA backed rebels in Syria, you know, so sort of our side. Um, But you know, I, I, I saw some of those military parades uh, when I lived in Moscow, and their military technology and hardware doesn't really look that good. It doesn't look that new or, or you know, uh, fresh, but um, so they're, you know, they're, but they're working it. So um, Wasn't there an accusation that some of the bombs had landed in Iran also? Yes, I was going to mention that. The, but those two missiles that landed in Iran, Liz, exactly – those were so far off course, Liz, that I believe that those were um, those were actual targets. Wow. So that's what I mean. Putin has taken over there. So, uh, but I don't think we should be surprised. I mean, I know there was a big interview this week. Charlie Rose got an exclusive interview with Putin, and it was on uh, sixty Minutes. Uh, and you know, people seem surprised that he has he wants to like take over the world and reassert his russian authority and you know assume their rightful place as a superpower i mean that he's been pretty clear about that you know i mean and that's and, and you have been clear about that too julie <laughs> if, i have if been all of these these cia analysts and newscasters had been listening to satellite sisters they would have known this several years I, ago i i know i have you know this was something that people told us when we first moved to russia that russians physically look like europeans okay and so a lot of westerners when they come to russia they make they make the incorrect assumption that well russia is just another european country you know and it should behave in a certain way because it's a european country no that is not how it, russia is russia and it's going to behave like Russia behaves. And it, it's going to behave like Putin wants Russia to behave because he's been in charge and he's scoring seven goals every time he plays hockey. Okay? So that it's is not funny. Cool. I, well, yeah, we should not laugh because it's a terrible, terrible escalation of what was already a terrible situation in Syria. Yeah. Well, this is, you know, the Liz, this is what I was going to mention to you, that that you have spent time in the Middle East. I've mm-hmm. spent time in the Middle East. And one of the things you realize is it's a small place. It is. This is geographically not that large. And when you think about introducing a whole nother military into that small airspace, the land, you know somebody's going to hit somebody. So that this is the potential for escalation is very serious. Yeah. No, you're right. I remember when we were in Egypt together one time and just seeing one time we were out on the water and you're seeing multiple countries just from one spot in a boat in one uh, in one bay. It is really amazing. And when I the first time I was in Jerusalem, I was just really struck by that, about how small Israel is and how close every all of Israel's neighbors are to it. You're right. It is shocking. And I think most Americans, because we're used to a big giant country, don't really understand the geography there. Yeah, this is this is, you know, that this is a very small area and that it is a serious thing. So uh, so we're watching that. I mean, I'm on I'm on Putin pod this week. Um, but I also want to uh, congratulate Svetlana Alexievich 
who is the Belarusian journalist and writer that won the Nobel um, Prize for Literature. So this is, she is only the 14th woman to ever win this award. I have not read any of her books. She does, she does have some books in English, but she writes, um, it was, uh, she was, she writes in sort of a style that they compare it to like Truman Capote or Norman Mailer, Mailer, that she does sort of narrative nonfiction. She likes to focus on individual stories, and she likes to really look at the issue of suffering and courage. And she has exhibited great courage in her life because she was born in the Ukraine. Uh, she lives in Bel- uh, Belarus uh, now. Um, but she, you know, she has written, she has spoken out um, about um, Chernobyl. She wrote a book where she went and, and, and interviewed Chernobyl survivors. And she also wrote a, another beautiful book, um, apparently, about um, uh, Russian soldiers in World War II. And in many of these uh, books that she's been called a traitor, she has been called unpatriotic. And, uh, you know, as we have seen in current times that journalists and writers that speak out against these authoritarian governments, many of them are killed, you mm-hmm. know, or they're attacked. Um, and so, you know, I think it's it's great that she has won this award. Um, she has a new book coming out called Second Hand Time. It's just being translated into English, but it's about the Soviet Union from the period of 1990 to 2012. And I think I'm going to start with that book because that was I was living in Moscow during that time. So hats off to you, Svetlana. Um, I, I she also, gets a million bucks, too. Good for her. Well, good and for that her. That will make it possible for her to continue working no matter what the government tries to do. Good and for she her. spoke and she's written out about Putin uh, as well and uh, and certainly about uh, uh, Lukashenko, who is who just got elected in Belarus for the fifth presidential term. So she is uh, she is really a, a voice of democracy. And I think uh, and I just I congratulate her and uh, I, I congratulate the Nobel uh, Committee for giving her that award. And I think we should all read her book. I think you're right. I think, wait, why don't you take a crack at it? <laughs> no. Then, then, <laughs> then. Feel free to congratulate the Nobel Committee, Julie. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think they always get it right, Leanne. No. I think they got this right. I think they got the Peace Prize right this year. Okay? Okay. Yes. For the group in Tunisia. So, yeah. so I think that fine work this year. That's <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, speaking of the Nobel Peace Prize, um, after I escaped from France, I made my way back to London for the European premiere. I told you guys I was doing this, the European premiere of the documentary, he named me Malala. Yeah. And it was it was amazing. It was really, really a great night. I I told you I was hoping that Malala herself would come and that I would get a chance to meet her because she lives in the UK. It turns out she could not come. She appeared at the Q&A after the film Uh, She appeared on Skype, so she was taking questions from the audience and taking questions from a journalist there. But during the actual screening, I was invited to a small dinner with Davis Guggenheim, who made the film, who was the director of the film, and her parents. So I actually got to sit and have dinner with, with Zia and Tor, and they were really, really just... Delightful people. You know, what does it take to raise a Nobel Peace Prize winner? Well, I mean, they were 
Her father is very talkative and chatty. You've probably seen him on the news a lot. And he is one of the focuses of the film, which I know you saw, right, Leanne? Yes, and, and that's true. I learned a lot about her dad watching that movie. You know, things I didn't know, that he was an outspoken critic of, um, you know, the Taliban long before Malala was even born. So, and uh, yeah, he seems like an incredible person. And the mother just seems to have a, you know, quiet strength, obviously, yes. that... Yeah. Um, you know, quiet because she was a woman being raised in a repressed society. But, oh, it must have been fascinating to me. Yes, and, and she herself was completely illiterate until just a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, she taught herself to read and write or learn to read and write. And it was – so we were we were in this little dinner. There were like ten of us there. And only about five or ten minutes into it, she got up and she said she wanted to go back into the screening because she had a number of friends who were there. And she would rather – sit with her friends and watch them watch the movie than, you know, just sort of hang out with us, which I totally appreciated because I kind of felt like I wanted to do the same thing too, like see the people soak up the movie because it's very dramatic. It and, is. But yeah. also it's very funny in sections, isn't it? Lady? Yeah. Yeah. And there were, I was with that, the audience of 6,000 high school girls and they were cheering and clap, clapping in places and laughing in other places, all the scenes with her brothers that they, they were so funny. They loved them. So it was fun to see it with an audience, a big audience. Yeah, so the, the one thing I learned there, which I had not known uh, in advance, uh, two of the original producers were also there, uh, Walter Parks and Lori McDonald. And what they had done is they got the rights to Malala's story from the book Malala. So there were a number of people trying to get the movie rights uh, once the original book came out. And her parents met with many people that were bidding for the rights and chose Walter and Lori. They felt like they trusted Walter and Lori to make the right kind of movie about Malala and about the family. But then once they actually got the rights and met the family and spent a little time with them, they both decided that it really had to be a documentary. It could not be a scripted film because they could not imagine anyone who could actually play Malala. Uh, they said they they just really like thought about huh. what Isn't would it that take? interesting. It was yeah. really That's interesting. amazing insight, Liz. And what mm-hmm. a, what a spe- you know wow. yeah. Yeah, it was. I thought her, it, yeah. I thought it was fascinating. You know, the two very big time Hollywood producers would would have that kind of insight, and so they are the ones that called Davis Guggenheim. You know, who won an Oscar for An Inconvenient Truth, and they called him and they said, "This family is so fascinating. You should do it, not us, because we don't want to fictionalize any of it. It's so amazing in real life. It deserves to be a documentary." So that was really, that was fascinating to me. And then, so then when Malala came on, the, I posted a little on my Facebook page um, and on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, I took a, a, a little video of her answering questions. And the first question was, she was just talking about the process of, of making the film. And at the end, she made a joke. She was teasing Davis Guggenheim, the director, and her brothers. She said in the end, she was very disappointed that he spent so much time on her brothers. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that got <laughs> that got a huge laugh from the audience, and it really made me laugh too, because we know also having three brothers that you, you cannot 
neglect any opportunity to like hit back at your brothers. If you get a chance to mock your brothers, even if you are a Nobel Peace Prize winner, you have to take your moments when it comes to mocking your brothers. Anyway, it's an amazing film. It's in distribution all over the United States now. So if you get a chance to see it, you should go. If you get a chance to take any of the young people in your life, girls or boys, I would recommend that too. <coughs> Excuse me. And the only reason I'm working on it at all is because once it finishes its theatrical run, we will have it on the National Geographic Channel. And the reason it's coming to us is because the most important thing to Malala and to her family is that as many people see this as possible, particularly girls. It's so The empowerment of girls is obviously so important to her. And television can do that way better than, you know, a feature documentary in a movie theater can do. You know, there are mm-hmm. 171 National Geographic channels around the world. We're literally in every country in the world. So they wanted the movie to go live in a place where as many people as possible in as many countries as possible could see it. So it does make me very proud that next spring we're going to be working on that. So That's anyway. good, Liz. And you're yeah. the right person to work on it too, Liz. You'll, well, you'll do- I think it's yeah. inspiring to everyone one, but I am very happy to be working on it. That is true, Julie. Um, thanks. Okay, so speaking of England, there's a good <laughs> <laughs> masterful transition from a pro. <laughs> okay. When space headlines are not uh, plentiful in the paper, archaeological headlines always catch my eye. So I saw this in the LA Times today, and I thought, well, that seems pretty interesting. Bronze Age Britons mummified the dead. <laughs> okay. Hmm. They were mummies in England. It was basically like not just in Egypt people, but also, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, people in England were mummified. And that just made me laugh, first of all, <laughs> because <laughs> who knows, right? <laughs> no, I first I've heard. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, the... Here, here's the definition of mummification. In case you Thank you. Know what Thank it was. You. <laughs> okay, it's the preservation of bodily soft tissue via natural processes or artificial means. So a natural. <laughs> See Nicole Kidman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Sheila. That's exactly. why it's funny because you know we all we sort of know how the the Egyptians did it. They drained the bodies, spices, myrrh, incense, whatever they did, wrapped it up, stuck it in a dry place. But there's not a dry place in all of England. <laughs> so, so it did make me think like. Really? Well, how, how did they do it then? Well, in England, you know how they did it, girls? They just put the bodies in a peat bog. Really? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so that they stayed moist? Yeah. <laughs> well, peat can do anything. You're buried <laughs> under that stuff. We, there should be a peat scrub that yeah, at spas, really. I've heard it does wonders. <laughs> Sheila, there you go. That That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, this has applications in our own world. It doesn't have to be dry and hot and spices. You can just, like, put some peat on your face. Now, mm, I like it. <laughs> and what I love is that these archaeologists had to look at literally hundreds and hundreds of bones and figure out, oh, is this actual mummification? By looking at the bones, you can tell if someone these are just bones or if these are just mummies. Because as you might imagine, if you stick a body in a peat bog, 
You don't really have the skin or hair left over like the Egyptian mummies. It just uh-huh. looks kind of like a skeleton, but the, the bones are actually better preserved. Uh-huh. So uh, here you go. But here's a little science quiz for you guys. I want you to tell me. <laughs> oh, good. There's a little, little Jeopardy question in the middle of Satellite Sisters. All right. So they, they've examined hundreds of bones and compared bones from Yemen and Ireland to show these centuries-old mummies. Okay. There is evidence that when a person dies, the gut bacteria escapes from the body and starts breaking down soft tissue, including the interior microstructure of the bones. Okay? What is this process called? Anyone know? Uh, Rotting. (laughs) Julie, think putrefaction. (laughs) I knew it wasn't photosynthesis, but it was something with the pain. No, that just made me laugh. That's what like junior high kids say. Like, oh, that's putrid. Oh, my lunch is putrefied. It's actually yeah. how the mummies got into, uh, like were created in Bronze Age Britain. And then just mm. quote from the article from the, uh, the archaeologist, Mr. Booth. He said in Egypt, after a bummy, m- body was mummified, it was locked away in the tombs and never seen again. But in Bronze Age Britain... Mummies were kept above ground and still had an active role in living society. So, weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. (laughs) Or that mummified, who was it? Lenin, we saw in Red Square, right, Julie? Yes, yes, yeah, I've seen I've seen all four frozen communists. Uh, yes, they're, but they're frozen, Liz. They're yeah. Oh, they're frozen. Oh, okh. they're, okay. they're chilled down, and they they have some kind of chemicals. Yeah, yeah. So the four that you've seen are. I've seen I've seen Lenin, I've seen Ho Chi Minh, I've seen Mao, and I've seen Kim Jong Un, uh, Kim J- wow. uh, Kim Il Sun, Kim Il Sun. Yeah. So okay. I've seen I've seen the four. I've seen the quartet. Other people have uh, you know want to see the big five in terms of animals. <laughs> I, I've seen the four f- frozen commies. Yeah. But ha- have you seen a, a you know a Brit in a bog? Because that's really <laughs> no, no, Lian, you win, you win, Lian. <laughs> Put that next on your list. I thought that was just kind of interesting. It is. It is. It's Thank very you. interesting. And Thank Sheila you. get to work on the peat scrubs. Yeah, no, I'm wondering what they call the process where you lose your outer eyebrows. Is that like deforestation or something? Because <laughs> yes. that's happening to me. No, um, Liz, you missed a couple other entertainment stories while you were away. Okay, fill so, me in. Okay, three actors. Okay, here it is. Three actors who I, I actually want to love, and I love certain things about them. They got into big trouble this week. Okay, Randy Quaid, who has been getting in trouble for a while. Mm-hmm. Shia LaBeouf, who gets in trouble a lot as well. Gwyneth Paltrow, who never gets in trouble. All right, so all three... Uh, just had some very interesting um, run-ins this week. Okay, so let's start with Randy Quaid, who I prefer to Dennis Quaid. I don't know. <laughs> on, on what grounds? I just, I just never trusted Dennis Quaid. I don't know why. I just never did. I liked Randy Quaid. I remember him from the last detail. He got nominated for a Golden Globe for that. But I especially remember him, and this is where his troubles really started, in Brokeback Mountain, where he played the Ranger Joe, who was basically hiring Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal and sending them up to the mountain. And when he realized something was going on up in the mountain, he Randy Quaid played that role with just a really great understated uh, quality. Anyway... Randy Quaid um, 
basically was sold when he took that role in Brokeback Mountain, which I saw probably 10 times. Do you guys remember how much I love that movie? Yes, yes. I do remember that. Okay. So w- when he took that role, they basically described the movie to him as a low budget, sort of no money indie movie. It's not going to make a lot of money. So he took the role below market rate. And I mean, made, it made like a hundred and, you know, $200 million. And he tried to sue the film company. That's where it all started, where Randy Quaid went off the rails. So then by the time he um, defected to Canada, he, 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 he had a conspiracy theory going with his partner, Evie Quaid, about the Hollywood star whackers. So he just went, he just went completely crazy. What? Hollywood star whackers? Yeah. So he, he and his wife, I won't go into it, but I mean, they basically had a conspiracy theory going on that every, that he was going to be killed, that he and his partner were going to be killed and Mm -hmm. that they, you know, there was a group of whackers out there who were trying to kill actors (laughs) off. So they fled to Canada. And they were arrested this week, Liz, on the Canadian border. They're actually trying to leave Canada before the Canada kicked them out. I mean, like, who gets kicked out of Canada? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like that's hard, actually. And he would, they were found in Vermont. I mean, they, were, they, they basically did a preemptive flee, and they were busted. And, you know, he looks like um, Wolfman Jack now. He's got this huge white beard um his wife is nuts and he's 65 <laughs> it's, and he's just you know i feel badly for the guy because mm-hmm. he was a good actor mm-hmm. um he was a really good actor so um i don't know good luck randy <laughs> i don't know where you can go now if canada kicked you out yeah. you know I, I just don't know where um where he's going to go now Another actor. Well, hopefully got- to a barber because really that <laughs> yeah. is a that is quite he looks a like ZZ Top or something. He does, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. ZZ Top married Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Randy Quaid, another star who I really like, who had some great great movies. Shia LaBeouf is just a mess. He's a complete mess. So. He's been in all the Transformer movies, which I never saw. But I'll tell you what he was really, really good in. He was really good in that movie, Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. Oh, my gosh. He was so good in that movie. I never saw that. That was the one. That was the sequel to Wall Street. Yes. He was amazing in that. He was also in a movie called Lawless with Jessica Chastain. That was incredible. Anyway, he has a rap sheet a mile long. In 2005, he had he got arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. Um, he's drunk and disorderly. Um, but my favorite arrest was in um, t- 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 2007. You really he- did some good research. <laughs> no, Sheila dug in no. on this. Sheila, this is just no. not like you. <laughs> no, he got he got arrested at Walgreens. At Walgreens, he tried to bust into a Walgreens after it closed. And believe me, I've tried to do that at Rite Aid. I have, I mean, I could get busted one night at Rite Aid if I don't want to leave, if I see a product I really like. But he got arrested this weekend in Texas, Julie, uh, for another drunken disorderly. Um, Some cops, he was walking, he was jaywalking, and a cop car was right there and told him, 
do not jaywalk and he jaywalked anyway. Oh, come so on. sad. Jaywalking? I know, but you know, they're, they're, he, he's a mess. He needs to, he needs to go away to Canada. I think, <laughs> I mean, there's some, there's some room in Canada where he can hide out. Okay. The last, last star actor that, um, uncharacteristically, um, made a, I think a big boo-boo this week was Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. But I had to laugh because she apparently met Oprah for the first time. I can't believe they've never met before at the variety power of women event, which Liz, why weren't you there? (laughs) Yeah. I saw that there was a lot of press about that. I was in a foreign country. Not that I would have been there anyway, but uh, yeah, that was a big event here in LA this week. Okay, so Gwyneth, I, I, I feel strongly. I like Gwyneth, always have. Um, she's a Libra. You do, because she seems like the kind of person you would not like, if you, don't, <laughs> if you don't mind me saying so. No, I mean, I think in real life she's funny. And wait uh-huh. till you hear what she did this week. Okay. So she, her favorite, my favorite movies she, she was in were um, Proof, uh, which is a great movie, and T- The Talented Mr. Ripley, which was an amazing movie. Um, but you know, not that many great movies. She's not that great an actress. It doesn't matter. Anyway, she met Oprah this week. She did win that Oscar, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you for the, you know, the Shakespeare in love. Yeah. But I, I yeah, uh, I agree. Anyway. I, I don't, I think she's a better lifestyle person, but I have no issue with Gwyneth. She seems fine. She's fine. Um, but she met Oprah Liz and yeah. she tweeted, I cannot even repeat the tweet, uh, that Gwyneth, Paltrow published. I just want to say it was scatological in nature. Really? Okay. I'm checking on that right now. Okay. But has she taken it down? Well, before you check, Liz, I just want to say, should I I not check? No, you can check. You can check. It's pretty gross, but it just reminds me. I I flashed back to the time that we met Oprah (laughs) and I mean, I don't know what it is about people meeting Oprah, but I mean, you hadn't even met Oprah when you came out of the bathroom with your pants down, right? That, that is correct. <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking about mm-hmm. the similarity mm-hmm. of the experience, Liz. Mm-hmm. I think people feel when they meet Oprah, really, that they're going to, that everything's going to fall apart. I mean, like, it, it's just an out-of-body experience. Right. Can I just explain the backstory there on the, yes, that I had ahead, my figure? Because you were all there. We were appearing on Oprah. This is when our first book came out, Satellite Sisters, Uncommon Senses. And you don't get to meet Oprah before the show. You, they told us, you're only going to get to meet Oprah on the stage. And we were kind of concerned about that because it's a lot to take in. Leon, I remember you saying, like, oh, my God, I'm just going to look at her huge diamond earrings and I'm not going to be able to say anything. Mesmerized. Mesmerized. <laughs> so we were in our little green room getting ready before we went on. And I went into the bathroom there in our green room for one last check, you know, just to make sure that everything was in its proper place. And, you know, when you're going on Oprah, you have on two or three layers of Spanx, at least. Uh, So I was in the process of, like, pulling all of that down to then, like, rejigger everything. And when I heard Leon scream, oh, my God, it's Oprah. Right. I just started screaming like an idiot. (laughs) Because she walked by in the hallway, correct? Yeah. Yep, just just started screaming. Yep, and then it's, I heard all the re- reaction. I heard all yeah. the rest of you girls saying Oprah, Oprah, and I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. But then I saw, I heard Oprah saying, "Sisters, it's the sisters." I'm like, oh my god, I gotta get out of the bathroom. 
So that's when I came barreling out of the bathroom so that we could all have our Oprah moment together. So, uh, but you're right. You do lose it a little bit. You do lose it. So you can check out her tweet. Um, okay. uh, it's, it's very uncharacteristic and I, I don't, I don't think it's in good taste, Gwenny. but, um, <laughs> you know, now that I remember how I felt, I, I had a complete, I, I don't remember i think drool was coming out of my i mean i don't remember i couldn't feel my limbs at some point on that on that in during that taping but um yeah so three entertainment news um Mm -hmm. of the week liz Mm -hmm. thank you for catching me up especially that last one i would have uh i would have completely missed that i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah Well, I just want to do a little follow-up. I did post for suggestions this week on my Facebook page um, that I was going to an 80s party Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How'd that go? You know what? It was so much fun. But I did need to come up with an 80s outfit. And I was thinking, um, you know, of course, Liz, you had given me that Norma Kamali striped mini dress. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. So that, I I wished I had that. Uh, And I I wished I could still wear that, basically, too. Those two things. But I didn't have that. So given that, what was I going to wear to this 80s party? And, you know, for me, the 80s was an important decade. It was high school. It was college. It was, you know, my first job in New York and then leaving my first job in New York and being a ski bum in Jackson Hole. So the 80s really encompassed a large chunk of my life, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I took some fashion risks in the 80s, and I played it (laughs) safe in the 80s. I had short hair. I had long hair. I had spiked hair. I had big hair. I had pink hair at one point, you know. And uh, so I was trying to decide what am I going to put forward? And I didn't really feel like going in a costume. I wanted to, um, you know, be true to the 80s. I wanted wanted to wear what I might have worn in the 80s instead of going in a costume. So I decided that the one constant was always the black short dress that I had and not the little, not a fancy little black dress, but I've had in my wardrobe, like a black t-shirt dress that hits me just above the knees since I was 16 years old. I still... (laughs) I continue. I bought my first one at Ann Taylor, and I continue just to keep buying this dress. It just keeps showing up at various retailers. So I'm like, okay, great. And then trying to figure out, okay, now what? And I don't know if you remember um, that I wore our father's white dinner jacket a lot in the uh, 80s. I remember that. <laughs> With sparkly, sparkly pins on the lapel, as I recall. Yeah. And pink tights. Yeah. I kind of, I was like a big, you know, white jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Big shoulders. It's like, okay. So I went to look for that at the Goodwill and I found one. So I bought one. It was uh, $11 and I bought it. (laughs) And I was just about to put it on and get ready last night. And then I looked over my closet and in the corner was this, black and white houndstooth check bomber jacket from um, Benetton that I wore. Oh, Benetton. I know, right? From the 80s. It was from the 80s. Oh, And there it was. It's like, you know what? I'm going to put that on. And I put it on and I I tested it out with my son's girlfriend who's very fashion forward. I'm like, what do you think? She goes, that says 80s. It just says 80s because it was like huge shoulders, you know, short jacket. And then I stick my hands in the pockets, you guys. And in one pocket, I I have not worn this jacket since like 91. Okay. In one pocket, there's a lipstick in there. Yes. Yes. And was it the perfect color? 
perfect 80s, like orangey pink, like horrific color I would never wear now. And it's still workable. I mean, I'm sure I got cancer on my lips last night after wearing it. So I stick, I put that in one pocket is like the 80s lipstick. And then in the other pocket, I reach in and you know what's in there? There is um, in a napkin, a 25 year old piece of cake. (laughs) Oh was my! It, was it talk about mummified or mummified? It was putrefied. It was mummified. Oh my all, god! Like, oh my god! There's a piece of cake in my pocket. Oh god! It says wow. so much about my life, doesn't it? That like, do you, do you remember the occasion of the cake? I gotta take this cake home. I may never eat again. I better take the cake. <laughs> I just left it in my pocket. Oh. Okay. Um, the 80s, yeah, just crowned around a little bit. Was yeah, I was not. Yeah, that was that was. There were some lean times in the 80s for me, money wise. Apparently, apparently. So uh, that just really made me laugh. But I have to give people a lot of credit. They went, they went all out. People, there were leg warmers. There were Top Gun outfits. There were people in costume like Princess Bride. There was not one but two guys who came in the Tom Cruise risky business look. So just wearing Whoa. a button down shirt. And tidy whities Oh, so I do. Wow. Get, they they they, did, they owned it. They owned it. Yeah. is what I would say. So yeah, there was you know people in those. Remember those? I always think of Ivana Trump. Like to me, she represents the eighties. And um, remember, she used to wear those poofy dresses. Remember those poofy oh, yes. dresses? Yes. They were like with the big floral print. There were a couple of women that managed to find one of those. <laughs> so it was just. It was really fun. It was really really fun. It was really fun. But there you go. I had the perfect lipstick from the 80s. It's called Rich and Posh. Oh, God. <laughs> there it is. I'm sure I, I'm sure I looked rich and posh. So this was your pre-Halloween costume exercise. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, well, I won't be around for Halloween. I'll be in Brooklyn. So this is, uh, so it was just fun to go really as myself. I don't know why we stopped wearing Keds and little white socks because mm, that is me. Comfy to dance in. I mean, I danced all night in the Keds and the little white socks. <laughs> Please don't bring back perms, Leanne, from the eighties. Okay, that was that was. Well, I never thing. had a perm, Julie. Okay. So I'm going to leave that to you to not bring back perms. <laughs> yeah, I never have never permed my hair, but there were a lot of people who had cramped. There's a lot of big hair there last night. Yeah, people dressed like Axl Rose and Poison, and you know some some, and then you know, and then me and my lipstick. So it was great. It was great. It was really fun. That sounds all right. Fun. Okay, well, you know, we're getting close to the end of the show, sisters, but, you know, so and we're this is Sunday, and so it's the start of the work week, and I don't know whether Monday is going to be tough or whether it's going to be Wednesday, hump day is going to be tough, but I have the perfect spot for you to go to when you, when you have, when you're stressed, when you're in a slump. And thanks to uh, one of our Satellite Sister listeners who posted this at our Facebook page, it's called CorgiCon. Oh, my God. I saw that on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. This is 500 corgis that convened in San Francisco in June, okay? They're in costumes. They have races, adorable photos. And the purpose of CorgiCon is to make you frappy and derpy, which apparently (laughs) in corgi lingo means having fun, okay? So just save it. Don't look at it tonight, okay? Okay. (laughs) Wait until it's bad, and then wait until you're in a slump. 
then go to Corgi Con. Mm. Okay. Okay. The, you have always loved Corgis, Julie. You mm. have. You've been I out, know. I you've know. been outspoken that Corgis are underrated. I know they are. They are okay. This Liz, I'm just saying, don't look at it yet, Liz. Okay. I know there will be a, a lull in your week. Okay? No doubt, your fabulous week. But just save it and then go to CorgiCon, and you'll you'll feel much better. It's just okay. amazing. Just I like amazing. it. Just amazing. And I just want to finish finish up with one other little tidbit. I went to the State Fair of Texas uh, today. And I know there are state fairs going on all over the place uh, right now. We had a full day at the state fair. We had some visitors from out of town. We wanted to show them Texas. So we went to the dog show. We went to the pie judging. We saw the pigs, the rabbits, the goats, the steers. They have a giant frozen butter display at the state fair of Texas. Now, these are not princesses. But, Leon, you will be very interested to know that the theme of this year's frozen butter display at the state fair of texas was bronze age to butter really mm. <laughs> apparently the bronze age is back bronze age is in who cares about the 80s it's all about the bronze age this was an inexplicable display of butter Liam. <laughs> bronze age <laughs> Bronze, wow! They're like green statues made out of butter and stuff, or they, it was just there were I I can't. It was inexplicable, Leon. We had six well-educated adults. No one could figure it out. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I just mentioned that, but I did. We did have a chance. Uh, we did eat the winning item. You know, like many state fairs in Texas, they have a fried food competition. And then, uh, and each year they're looking for something new and exciting. And this year's winner was the Holy Moly Carrot Cake Roly. Okay. Ooh. How what about is that? it? What it's is it? Fried carrot cake. Fried carrot cake. And you get a caramel dipping sauce oh. and some cream. Oh, that is so wow. up your alley, Julie. Didn't you I have, know. Didn't you have carrot cake for your wedding cake? Yes. Oh, oh, hazelnut cake at my wedding. Good. But oh. carrot cake always at my birthdays. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. So, uh, but holy moly, carrot cake roly. Okay. It was pretty good. Mm. <laughs> pretty good. Now you just have to put a piece in your pocket, put your jacket away <laughs> yeah. for 30 years <laughs> and see if you get some putrefied holy moly back 30 years from now. Will it, will it mummify or will it putrefy? <laughs> cake, cake preservation in the Bronze Age. Try it. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, on that note, I really was. I'm, I'm going to need those corgis it's probably multiple times over the next two or three weeks because when we look at our schedule... We have quite a lot going on. We're busy. Yeah, we are, I know. We are super busy. So we're going to be in Brooklyn on Friday, October 30th, right? Yep. Yes. So we're yes, all... all four of us are going to be there. We're all four of us with most of the next generation or all of the next generation. I can't even remember. People don't even know yet. But anyway, that will be a major turnout at Powerhouse Arena in Brooklyn. Then the following Sunday, right, Leon? We're at Vroman's. Yes, we have the meetup Saturday night in Pasadena. Quite a few people are coming. Thank you for actually RSVPing. That way I have some vague notion so I can tell the bar. So that's uh, four to six on Saturday the 7th and then Vroman's at noon on Sunday. That'll be Liz, Sheila, and I. 
And then November 14th, she lets you and me on the road to St. Paul, Minnesota. That's right, Liz. I polished my boots. I got my boots polished, man. Okay. That's the important thing is what you're going to wear. Good work. That's good. No, just the chill. The, the, I'm looking forward to the cold. Really, I am. And I know there's a meetup squad working on that. People in uh, the Minneapolis-St. Paul area have had meetups without us in the past, so they know we're going to be uh, at Subtext Books in St. Paul. So they're looking for a place where we can all go meet up after the actual book signing. So um, so that will be pretty exciting, you and I hitting the road together. Yes. Yes, Liz. <laughs> and then Thanksgiving weekend, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Fiona and I are going to be together at Sun River Books in, uh, in Bend, Oregon on the 28th of November. And then there are many other things in between. It's Dallas. Well, then, then there's Dallas, uh, December 3rd, Julie, Vera, and I. Like, yep. so we're, we're going to be, be at Barnes and Noble. Uh, we're going to be at Preston and Royal, the uh, Barnes and Noble in Dallas. So yeah, we have satellite sisters flying in from Kansas City for the event. Really? I'm glad. I'm yep. glad. Okay. Exciting. People okay, try. Sheila, we got to get a turnout in in St. Paul. This is going to get competitive. Now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We got people there, Liz. <laughs> I, I I believe we do. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I finally found Gwyneth Paltrow's tweet. Yeah, it's not, it's scatological. Yeah, I found it too. And I yeah. would just like to clarify that what was going on with me in Oprah's green room was nothing like that. No, yeah. Liz, not okay. at all. No. I just don't no. want people to get the wrong idea of what was actually happening. No, I just made a vague connection there. <laughs> I can see why you would, but yeah. I just, just want to clarify. And Gwynny, I'm surprised. It doesn't seem like you, but as we've established, people just lose their heads uh, around <laughs> right. Oprah. Uh, so, yeah. so again, go to SatelliteSisters.com, the events page that has all the information. Also, our Facebook page and our Facebook group. We have invitations there. If you do want to register that you're coming, that helps us keep a head count. It's helpful for the bookstores to make sure they know how many people are coming and uh, they have enough books for everybody, too. That can be a tricky thing to guesstimate. So if you're actually coming and you want to RSVP, that would be fantastic. That would be helpful for us. If you're looking at December events on our Satellite Sisters, events page. Um, I spent all week and this is what I figured out. You just have to keep clicking on November. I thought <laughs> just, keep click, just keep clicking people. You think you've already clicked and where, why has December <laughs> popped up? And then, so you call the webmaster, what's the matter? And then he says, just keep clicking and you keep clicking. Just keep clicking. I swear <laughs> you, December will pop up. It's not, it's not in, just keep clicking. It's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. And one last thing we'll ask you. I know we've asked you a lot uh, just in the past five minutes. Uh, if you get the book and you like it, please review it. It is really helpful if you can post reviews for us. Uh, you can post that at Amazon or Goodreads, right, Leanne? That's another yep. good spot. Yes. Yep. Either 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 one would be great. Every, any everything is super helpful, especially in these early stages. It's a it's it really helps us. So thank you. We have one five star review at Amazon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, so, that's so exciting. We it. Yeah, it is exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. It's exciting to have a book app. It's great. Uh, all right. Well, I think uh, I think that's it. Wow, more than an hour. We busted through. Um, that's it. You we've. Told you everything we have to say this week. Uh, <laughs> we, we have covered everything from the Bronze Age to Gwyneth's situation. To butter. Uh, Bronze Age to, to butter. butter. Bronze Age to butter. <laughs> exactly. So what's coming up on the Tuesday show, ladies? Anything? Well, oh, Madam Secretary, Liz. Oh. Yeah. 
Don't forget to watch it tonight, and we're doing our recap show on Tuesday, and then um, I'm sure Julie and I can cook up a few other. T- maybe I'm going to go through my pockets and see if I have any more old things. <laughs> I thought last week's recap, which I listened to, like laying in bed in another country, was hilarious. I didn't even need to see the show, but it really made me want to see the show. So I am definitely going to tune in uh, tonight. So that when yeah, I- it's Sunday night. It's at on, on at eight o'clock. It used to be on at ten, but I believe it's on at eight now. Check yeah, your local listings. At, yeah, Central. It's on at seven. So that's yes. right. mm, that's, that's nice. Excellent. That's <laughs> that's great on a school night. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks for writing. Thanks for posting. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.